Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real-life, real-time issues and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That is right. We do our best to bring the answers on aging, and I am Todd Watley. Hey, everybody. This is Sarah Scott. Welcome to episode nine, part three of three. We are almost finished with episode nine, and hopefully you have learned all you need to know about all the documents you need to have in place for later in life. Maybe not all you need to know, but at least a really good introduction so that you can know, hey, these are out there. And today we're going to talk about the most, probably the most misunderstood Mm -hmm. process or documents. And it is my goal as an attorney, as a certified elder law attorney, to get this information to you so that you can walk into an attorney's office and realize maybe that they're not the most up to date or they're not doing possibly what's not in your best interest. Okay. Yeah. And it's hard to think that, you know, somebody, well, I don't know. I have a lot of lawyer jokes Mm -hmm. and so it's not hard for me to think, but a lot of people (laughs) think that, um, you know, there's no way my attorney would steer me wrong. Or, you know, if I'm good friends with an attorney who happens to be an adoption specialist, that they're going to know everything and can help me out with this kind of stuff. And that's so, so wrong. Yeah. So many lawyers have, have specialized nowadays and those who haven't cover so many different things, it is difficult to be good at everything. And so what we're going to talk about today is the pre-death documents, which we've kind of alluded to in powers of attorney. That is a pre-death document, but this is a document that you'll do now that will actually take effect upon your death. And so these are pre-death in that you do them now, but they will come into play once you pass away and you can do it complicated and expensive, or you can do it easy. And I'm going to show you how to do it easy. That's right. So buckle in, it's going to be a lot of information. And you're going to walk away or drive away however you're listening today, with all the answers about what are the late in life documents, what really is probate? Why should I care? And how do I avoid probate? And then the differences between wills and trusts and payable on death beneficiaries. So let's get to it. Okay. So the two biggest misconceptions, number one is that a will, a last will and testament will avoid probate. That is absolutely incorrect. Uh And number two, that you need to have a lot of money or 
assets to to do a trust. Right. And that is wrong. And it's not that everybody needs a trust. Actually, most people don't need a trust, mm-hmm. which is kind of bizarre. And I've had some fairly wealthy clients who, based on their situation, did not need a trust. Mm-hmm. And as I tell people, whether you need a trust or not is not based on how much you have. It's what you want to do with it. Right. That's the complexity of what you want to do with it. If you have some complexities in your family, that's what tells you if you need to do a trust or not. It's not how much you have forever. People, once I say, well, let's talk about trust. They're like, oh, I don't have enough to do a trust. That has very, very little to do with it. Yeah. And um, on our radio show, oh my goodness, at least once or twice a month, we'll Mm -hmm. get calls that say, you know, me and my wife did a will and we should be good, right? And by now, we've done it for so long together. Now I'm the one that jumps in. I'm like, no, (laughs) your will is not what you need. Your will is your map through probate, which we'll go through that. But um, just because, like Todd said, you have a last will and testament does not mean that all of your affairs are in order and that everything is going to be squeaky clean upon your death. So this is why these topics are so important. So listen up. Okay. So the issue you need to be concerned about is probate. Okay. And what is probate? It is the process of getting something unstuck from a dead person's name. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if, if you were to pass away with bank accounts and a house and anything that is just in your name, there is no co-owner and there is no beneficiary. It is now stuck in your name. And the only way to get that item unstuck is to go to court Okay. Yeah. And, and um, have a judge look at your will. If you do have one, if you don't have a will, every state has a estate plan for you, which honestly, it doesn't go to the state if you don't have a will. The Your state's probate laws says if you die without a will, here's what happens. Mm-hmm. Here's where it goes. And honestly, that plan is what almost everybody wants to do, which is equally divided between the kids or if there are no kids to the spouse and if there are no kids and spouses to your siblings. But almost always people are like, yeah, equally divided between my kids. Well, that's what your state law says for probate, Mm -hmm. but it is court. Okay. It is my goal as an attorney. And I am telling you as a listener out there, is it is going to be so much easier if you don't have to go to court. And we talked about with powers of attorney, that court is guardianship court. It is expensive. It is humiliating. And you lose your rights if you have to go to guardianship court. And a power of attorney will avoid that. If that's news to you, go back to episode nine, part one. And we talk about powers of attorney and we explain that. The other court that I don't want my clients going through is probate court because it is court. There are statutory things that have to happen. And even in states where probate is quote easy, it is still expense. And to be honest, this is what's going to get me in trouble with attorneys probably, but I will tell you probate is quite lucrative to the attorney. Okay. 
And many times they will work with clients, they will do a last will and testament and know when this person passes away, the family's going to come back to me, we will do a probate. And that is more legal fees that I can charge at that time. I'm here to tell you that you need to do your best to not go through probate. It is quicker and simpler and cheaper. Yes. And just a little personal reflection here. Um, my brother passed away at a young age, unexpected. He has was not married. He had no children. His immediate family were my parents and me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he didn't have any type of estate plan. He didn't have a ton, but what he did have was um, an accidental death benefit from the car accident. And there's that money that you've got to figure out what to do with. We had to go through a lot of court hearings and it did eat up quite a big Mm -hmm. chunk of that money. There was no beneficiary listed on that policy? No. Wow. No. No. So, a judge has to decide, and it basically goes to the parents and the sibling. Yeah. Whereas if he had done a beneficiary designation on that life insurance policy to, to say, this goes to my sister, right. he dies, you show a death certificate, the money goes to you. Mm-hmm. Boom, but in that process, instantly. we had to wait yeah. months. Six months. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just the very last thing that you would want to have to go through and have drug out, you know, when you're trying to deal with the death of a loved one, expected or unexpected, young or old, um, these, these documents and this planning is so incredibly important. Remind me at the, toward the end of this, and I'll make a note, favorite phone call. Favorite phone call. Okay. Is that when I call you with a joke? Absolutely. So this will be my second favorite phone call. Okay, good. (laughs) So we just talked about probate, and the issue is you need, in pretty much every state, even if probate is not that complicated, you need to avoid probate. And here's how you do it. You make sure nothing is stuck in your name at the time of your death. Well, how do I do that, Todd? (laughs) Great question, Sarah. So... The cheapest and easiest way is to make sure nothing is stuck, okay? It can be in your name, but it's not stuck at the time of your death. And the way that you do that is to make sure that you have beneficiaries listed on every asset that you have. Mm -hmm. The easy ones are checking accounts, okay? I can own a checking account that is in my name, and I can list Sarah as the beneficiary, payable on death beneficiary of that bank account. Mm I pass away, she gets a death certificate, she goes to the bank and says, this account holder has passed away, here's his death certificate. They pull it up, they say, oh, payable on death to Sarah Scott. Yep. They write her a check sitting right there. It's done, it's over with, and it is no lawyers, no court, and it's fast, okay? Investment accounts, you can do the very same thing. Typically, though, those are called transfer on death beneficiaries. And so, again, with your investment um, portfolio, look at it and say, I want to make sure I list my children as the beneficiaries or your spouse or your siblings or whoever. It can be a friend. It could be your church, okay? You can name a beneficiary and say, at my death, I want this to transfer to these people or this charity 
or whatever. Yeah. That's free. You do that. There's no legal fees. There's no anything. Same thing on real estate. It's a little more complicated. You do need to do a deed, which I would highly advise that you get an attorney to do that. But there are deeds in every state that allow you to maintain control and benefit of your real estate, but at your death, it then goes to whoever is listed on that deed. Got it. Super simple, super easy, and cheap. Okay. question that some of the listeners may be thinking. Sure. What if I have a big farm with multiple properties on it, and I want, and let's just say I've got three houses on all this mm-hmm. acreage out in the woods, mm-hmm. and I want to give each one of my three kids one of those houses. Is is that doable, and sure. how? It's a little more complicated. You can either leave the entire plot, if it's on just one deed, uh-huh. you can say this deed at my death goes to these three kids, and then they can work it out. Okay. If there's some fear that those kids may not cooperate or not work together, you can actually have that property surveyed uh-huh. into you know different sections, and then that surveyor will give you a property description for that section, including that house. You can then do a deed that says, at my death, this section goes to that child. Got it. Okay. This section goes to that child. So okay. um, it, it can be done. Mm-hmm. And that's still cheaper, way cheaper than probate. And it's typically even cheaper than a trust. All right? Okay. Now, why would anyone do a trust if you can avoid probate by doing payable on death beneficiaries? The answer is... Numerous things is typically if, you know, like you just ask for this property, um, say bank accounts, Uh okay? If when you list beneficiaries on there, typically it will be equally divided between all of those beneficiaries. If you want more money, like a percentage Mm -hmm. to go to a child and a different percentage to go to a different child, you really can't do that with payable and death beneficiaries. Okay. They typically, most banks will say, we'll put three names on it and we'll write three equal checks or we'll write one check with all three names on it. Okay. And so in some families, that doesn't work. Yeah. Also with this plan, one of the downsides is the money goes directly to that child. So if you have a child who is not good with money, who's about to go through a divorce or is a drug addict or, or maybe has special needs or disabilities special and can't needs manage it. and is on Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You do not want to leave the money directly to them. And this plan, this very simple beneficiary plan leaves the money to that child and it then gets caught up into all of those issues. So if you want to have a child benefit from the money, say a disabled child benefit from the money, but someone else control it, the only way you can do that is with a trust. Okay. All right. So the example that I've used with, oh, so let's talk about a trust real quick. A trust is a, a legal entity that can own property. Think of it as a briefcase. We create this briefcase and we put all of your property into the trust. Now, probate is for those things that are stuck in your name at the time of your death. Pebble and death beneficiaries makes it unstuck. Mm-hmm. A trust takes it out of your name. Okay. So the trust is the owner of the property. So therefore, nothing is in your name at the time of your death. And therefore, at your death, really, you just die. Yeah. Okay. 
everything's in the trust. There is a backup beneficiary and backup trustee who will then take control of the trust and pay it out to the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. It's quick. It's easy. You can literally do it at your dining room table. It's just a beautiful tool. And with the trust, we can say this money goes to this child, but someone else is in control of it, mm -hmm. all right? So that they they can't blow it, they can't spend it on drugs, or for a disabled child, it, it will not kick them off of their Medicaid benefits. Mm -hmm. So that's a trust, a very quick, quick summary of a trust. Now, two situations, real-life clients that I've had that explain how this works, okay? okay? So couple, number one, they just retired. They were mid to late 60s, just retired, had $3 million in the bank. They had just sold their house, and they were about to travel. And I was like, great. And they're like, well, since we have $3 million, we assume that we need to do a trust. And I said, well, maybe, but let's talk about it. Tell me about your kids. They had two kids, grown, good, good marriages, good jobs, no issues whatsoever. Do you mind today if they got 1.5 million dollars each they're like nope no concerns whatsoever i said just name them as the beneficiary on your investment accounts your iras at your death it will go to them done and over with you do need powers of attorney but you really don't need a trust and they're like but we have three million dollars don't we yeah. need a trust no you don't because again it's not how much you have it's what you want to do with it got it couple number two very similar situation, late 60s, had a house that was worth maybe a $100,000 and about $50,000 in the bank. Okay. Okay. Not rich. Two, two children. However, one child was disabled and lived with them. And they said, okay, here's our goal. Can you do this? I said, they said the goal is to let this child live in this house after we're gone. Uh -huh. He cannot pay the bills. He will not pay the bills. He just developmentally, he just can't do that. Yeah. His brother loves him, cares for him. We want all of our money to go for the benefit of this disabled brother with the other brother in control of it. I said, yep, we can do that. Mm -hmm. But the only way we can do that is with the trust mm -hmm. because you can't leave it to him. And we need to make sure. And they said, this disabled brother will probably pass away before his brother Whatever is left over, we want to go to the other brother. That's really specific <laughs> That's very specific. Not rich. I mean, yeah. $150,000 total estate, uh -huh. 50000 is cash. They are not rich, but it's because what they wanted to do sure. meant that the only way you can do that is with the trust. So $3 million, no trust, 150000 trust. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not what you have. It's what you want to do with it. Got it. That's That's a very good, clear way to distinguish the two and to really give the listeners an idea of what it is that they need in place. Mm -hmm. But it's still important to talk to your attorney just to make sure. And if your attorney just says, okay, let's do a will, just ask. Yeah. It isn't, doesn't that mean probate? And if they say no, you need a new attorney. Yeah. Okay. If they say, yeah, but it's like, I know, but that uh, but isn't there a simpler, easier way to do it? And if they don't bring up payable on death beneficiaries or a trust, I would suggest you go see another attorney. Yeah, and then you can share this podcast with that attorney <laughs> and say, hey, 
Get a problem, and, call Todd. And I'll get hate mail, which I'm fine with. And I've, I've had attorneys question me on this. Sure. I'm like, you tell me, you tell me how probate is better than, and they'll come up with these very random things. I'm like, okay, yeah, in that one situation, how many times have you seen that happen? Well, never. Okay, so. Crickets. Huh? Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. So, um, yeah, they've cornered me, and I've still won the argument. Okay, so basically, it is my clients go that everything is taken care of. So kind of summarizing parts one, two, and three here is it is my goal. And it, I think it should be every attorney's goal to make sure that you do not have to go to guardianship court, except under very limited circumstances mm -hmm. that you have documents in place that allow someone else to handle financial things, healthcare things. You also have, um, your healthcare documents in place that says if I am irreversible and terminal, I do not want to do not want to be kept alive. And now make sure that your estate goes where you want it to go as quickly as possible. And basically it instantly happens up upon your death. So my second favorite phone call, my first being when Sarah calls me with a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told Todd before we started recording this, I'm like, we got to make it fun because this can lose this people pretty, quickly yeah, and it is. can be kind of dry. So I hope y'all are enjoying this as much as I am. So, <laughs> hey, Todd, what is your second favorite phone call? Is when the children of a client call me and say, Todd, I was just going to let you know our parent, Jim, passed away. And I'm like, you know, that's that's not my, my favorite part, okay? It's like, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. But their next comment is, hey, we're all in for the funeral. Can we come see you to start the process of getting this all wrapped up? And I'm like, you are more than welcome to come see me. However, and I pull up their file and I say, well, your, your dad, Jim, did a payable on death beneficiary plan. So every one of his bank accounts should be payable on death to you kids get a death certificate from the funeral home as soon as possible and take it to this bank and present it. And they should write you a check. You, his home has you listed as the beneficiaries. And so you could literally call a real estate agent today, mm -hmm. have them come look at the house. You could put this on the market today because it is your house mm -hmm. and wow. uh, everything. Really? And so they're like, so we don't, they're like, okay, well, that's that's fine, but you know, when's court? When yeah. do we we start? I said, listen to me, it's done, it is taken care of. There is no court. Everything should be yours right now. And mm -hmm. for those clients who do a trust, I'm like, do you have the trust in front of you? Yes. Go to page so and so. Out of this 58 page trust, you need to concentrate on these three pages. Mm -hmm. Go to this page. Read that through. If it doesn't make sense on what you need to do, yes, call me, come in, I'll answer those questions, but really, you don't need me, and the vast majority of those people never call me back, and and so the end of this phone call is like, so there's nothing for you to do? I'm like, no. We've already done it. We've already done it before, and they're like, but my wife's family's still going through court and I've had people, yeah. are, are you sure? And I'm like, I, I am absolutely <laughs> sure. 
take what I just told you, go to the bank, do this. If there's a problem, call me. Uh-huh. They never call me. So that is my favorite phone call. They are happy. I'm happy. I did what was in the client's best interest. Mm-hmm. The The family literally can get back on the plane after the funeral with their checks and they're done. Wow. What a, man, that is such a gift in itself not to have to go through mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. mess and time and money that it would take had they not had their affairs in order. That is correct. Goodness. Okay, well, hopefully this has given you a pretty clear understanding Mm -hmm. of how to avoid probate. Yeah, let me just say real quick, estate planning is very state-specific, okay? The the information on this show is not specific (laughs) legal advice. I do recommend that you get your own attorney, but what I gave you is general information, but States do differ, so your state may do something slightly different than what I just said, but what I just told you is pretty much universal across the states. Yeah, pretty good rules of thumbs. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so you know what a trust is, what the purpose behind getting a trust is, no matter how much or how little you have. You know um, what a will is. You know how to avoid probate, and you also know about the favorite call that Todd gets once <laughs> his clients have put all of these documents in order and they can just simply deal with losing their loved one and not have to worry about the headache of going through probate, hiring an attorney again, and wasting all that time for a court's ruling. So please get this taken care of now, okay? If you don't do documents, it's going to be ugly. And I know people don't like lawyers. They don't like spending money. I am not a huge fan of downloaded documents or doing your estate plan without meeting an attorney, okay? And it's not just because I want you to come see me. The vast majority of y'all won't come see me, can't come see me because I don't work in your state. But spend... This is your life savings. Yeah. This this can save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Please, please, please get your documents done. Get, you know, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, almost everybody's like, I know I should have done this for the last five years. Yeah, we've been talking about it. We've been thinking it. We're yeah. gonna, we're gonna do it. Just, just do, do it. it. All right. Just do it. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are having so much fun. I'm Sarah Scott. And in our next episode, episode 10, we're actually going to have a twofer. Okay. We like those twofers every once in a while. So um, it's going to really dissect and give you the information about what hospice care is from a personal family member standpoint, and then also on the medical physician side. Yep. Of hospice. So stay tuned for that. Please like and share. Tell your friends about our podcast, and uh, we will see you on the flip side. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit the subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy to find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about today's episode, go to AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. 
click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, tune in to the Facebook page Senior Services NWA to catch their weekly live radio program every Wednesday morning. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions, so please let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.